Doc Brown's time travel rules are the same as Cameron's dad's house rules. <laughs> it's Don't very touch. cold and very beautiful, and you're not allowed to touch anything. <laughs> Do you miss going to the video store, acid wash jeans, and MTV with music? I know we do. Welcome to Mike and Anthony's Soda Pop Culture Club. Me, Mike, along with my co-host, Anthony. Jigga what? Jigga who? What the hell is a jigga what? <laughs> what the hell was that? The, is question, that even a f- the question was asked before it was even a question. Oh. oh. <laughs> Bring your... We bring our take on a classic movie every Monday from the 80s, 90s, and beyond, during which we will play the game, and we will open up a six-pack of favorite scenes. We also point out a couple of generic scenes as well, maybe a give or take a few there at the end of the like show. Like always? Yeah. Because somebody like, can't fucking count and stay on track? Yes, that's correct. And at the end of the show, we'll rate the movie 1 to 24 cans. One can is never getting released and being able to eat that cake like Uncle Joey and 24 cans is coming back to the future and having a nice pristine 4x4. That is. Oh, with yeah. With that girlfriend. Like four chicks at once, or what's the 4x4? How does that work? The Toyota 4x4, his, yeah, his I know. truck. I don't know. Uh, you know something I just figured out? Here's with your whole six pack shit because you will do 13 of them, but it's still called a six pack. Call this a tangent. You know people. who you would be? You awesome. would be the Domino's delivery guy. Where 30 minutes or less, it's free. Yeah, you get your pizza in 30 minutes, but I'm going to stand here and fucking bullshit with you until your pizza's cold. That's right. Make you, you not know people get your pizza. That's the move right there. If That's how you do it. All right, but let's get let's get back to it. But before we get to all that uh, with the movie, uh, we want to let you know that we want to do the movie suggested by our listeners, and there's a few ways we can do this. One is join our Patreon. So suggest movies on there. We'll do it. Uh, two, if you want us to do a movie and you want us to do it right flipping now, you could do a fast pass. You send us $25 to our Venmo or PayPal at Soda Pop Culture Club. We do your movie. It's the next thing we do. And right now, I'm just going to say we're doing what? Back to the Future, all three in a row? Yep. And if someone were to send me one, like like when we were recording this today, if I were to get it, I'd go, oh, shit. I'm going to have to postpone the other two Back to the Futures to do the shit you paid for so just think of it that way yeah if you want to pay to fuck up the schedule do it that's what we're saying pay to fuck up the schedule that's what you're here for (laughs) plus we have a third way to suggest movies and that's on our website we have a little uh portal uh that you can suggest them in that doesn't guarantee we will do it people if we like the idea and we feel like it it may show up on the schedule at some point but you can do it there and we do listen to that i do promise you can also buy merch Check out our schedule. That's also on the website. And Anthony has a last way that you can request. And we need some, we want one person to do this because I think we ask every time. It's like no one's done it yet. So please do this. Maybe if we didn't take five minutes at the beginning of your episode to go over the shit and did a little quicker, people would do it. Anyway, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And in your review, type in a movie you'd like us to do. Say, Anthony sucks. Please do. Dunstan checks in. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. 
because <laughs> he loves that movie. And a couple more things. Don't forget to share the show with your friends. Check out our Instagram at Mike and Anthony. We post memes of the movies we do and also memorials because all the celebrities have been dying, uh, things like that. Uh, so, yeah, check us out there as well. And like he's already said, Apple Podcasts, do that review, leave the comment, put a movie in there, all that shit. Why do you keep repeating the same shit? That's why this takes forever. We already said that. Because now you're repeating. I have a thing I do and get over it. You just don't shut up. You're right. There's too it's many unnecessary podcast. words. Anthony, Anthony. Too Anthony. many unnecessary words spoken you by you. That we're on a podcast and the t- you have to speak because people can't Again, see what here, the hell you're doing. I am waiting to eat my pizza and you won't shut the hell up. Where's your pizza? Show I me the know. pizza. It's okay. It's been 30 Good. minutes yet. All right, here's the trailer. Steven Spielberg presents Back to the Future, a Robert Zemeckis film. Marty leads an ordinary life. No McFly ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. History is going to change. And 1985 is not his year. But Dr. Brown is about to change all that. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? He's sending Marty 30 years back in time. It worked! It's a flying saucer from outer space! Now, he's trapped in the past. This has got to be a dream. About to meet... Chocolate. ...his future father. He's a baby. tough. Wow! And he's making an impression on his mother. He's an absolute dream. And he can sleep in my room. Any of you do could have serious repercussions on future events. Now, he's got to make his mother and father fall in love. For crying out loud, I haven't even been born yet. And only Dr. Brown can help him get back to the future. Are you telling me that this sucker is nuclear? Precisely. Michael J. Fox. Whoa, this is heavy. Christopher Lloyd. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Back to the future. Back to the future. You like that? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking great. It is great. It's a great movie. That's what we're doing. But before we get into that, Anthony knows what time it is. Do you know what time it is, Anthony? Time to play the game. He gets so down on it. But it's time to play the game, and everybody knows what the game is. The game is where I'm going to read three movie reviews. Two of them are real. One of them is fake. And Anthony, in his infinite wisdom, tries to glean which one I wrote. Because he is a genius. is a stretch. What? Infinite is a stretch. Right. Well, you know what? On on a on a on a certain timeline it feels like it's infinite, right? Like, like all the means. bullshit that I know in the world that you could fit on an index card. <laughs> this is what Your I'm working name with. It's all the bullshit you need to know and that's this is what I'm working with. <laughs> so are you ready, Antoine? I'm always ready to get this All right. Over. Jim Baker of the Chicago Tribune. Pure cinematic magic that takes us all on a journey. John Hartle, film.com. So busy being clever that it trips over its own ingenuity. Steve Nash, three movie buffs. Crispin Glover and Christopher Lloyd are both standouts. Read the second one again. John Hartle, film.com. So busy being clever that it trips over its own ingenuity. Okay. 
And can I have the third one again, please? Scott Nash, three movie buffs. Crispin Glover and Christopher Lloyd are both standouts. Wow, people, I can see the smoke coming out of his eyeballs and ears. I want to say, uh, trying to think of what review sounds fake. (laughs) Anthony's penis is long. That's a fake statement. Yes, long and thick because it was incomplete. Um, Oh, oh, oh. I'm going to say the second one. Okay, is there a reason why? Only because for anybody to say to me that Christopher Lloyd and Crispin Glover stand out in this movie and not recognize... That's the third one. That's the third one? Yeah, the second one of the two you made me read is that. Then I'll go with that one. I'll go with that The third one? Yeah. Okay. So if I told you you were wrong, what would your second choice? The second one. And if I told you you're wrong, what the would your first one? <laughs> Fuck you. Jim Baker or Samantha Baker's mo- uh, father in 16 Candles. Yeah. Probably thought this movie took him on a journey, but, you know, it happens. That's a good fucking reach right there. Why? It's his name. Mr. Jim Baker. It's in the. Yeah. What do you want me to do? I can't. I just want to keep going with the show now. So, people, when he loses. He wants to move on because he doesn't like to uh, dwell on his losses, I guess, or feel humiliated. But that was good work, man. I I admit, you came close. I did. I did. (laughs) It was your third choice. Yep. You had no choice. Three fucking guesses. (laughs) I already told you before, we could do a good game. You give me a movie quote and I'll name the fucking movie, but... We could do yeah. that. You don't want to do that. I would totally drill. I would, you know, does that no, have to be can't famous? Go with like random shit that I've never seen though. Like, can I have a soda from a, from a movie? You're a fucking <laughs> idiot. See, that's why nobody likes you, Pip. All right. Here's our breakdown by the numbers directed by Robert Zemeckis and starring Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Crispin Glover, Thomas F. Wilson as the Biffster and Claudia Wells as the original Jennifer Parker. Back to the Future was released on July 3rd, 1985, taking in 388.8 million bucks at the box office against a $19 million budget. It scores 8.5 out of 10 on IMDb and 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. How is this lower on Rotten Tomatoes than Terminator? Fuck if I know. This is a better movie. Like, Fuck if it, I know. Like, it's a better time travel movie even. Like if we we didn't even I didn't even plan to do a time travel kick, but you know what? Now I'm thinking about it. Maybe every movie from to here to the end of the year should be just time travel movies because they're fun. Let me um, tell you. Here here's here's all I can figure is there must have been a drastic fucking change in the special effects world between 1984 and 1985 to go from Terminator to Back to the Future. There was a little bit. Well, there was ingenuity. You gotta understand. Zemeckis and Spielberg produced this, so you had two of the most brilliant minds in Hollywood when you just had James Cameron on the other one whose ideas kind of were stolen, if you remember, um, and he didn't execute the vision the way he could because of the technology and caught up. And then he did, what, Titanic? And what did he do? Steal an idea of a ship sinking and then put a... He basically made it die hard on a boat, but with a love story. That's what he did. Sorry. Can't, can't I can't help but say fuck that movie. Anyways, Titanic is Die Hard on a boat. Yeah, it has a ticking time bomb. It has a ticking clock. You're and insulting it's, Die Hard by saying that. Yeah, you're right. Die Hard's a better movie. <laughs> better fucking Christmas movie, that's for sure. 
You know, and speaking of that, I just want to tell you, um, I was watching Die Hard with a Vengeance uh, last night, and... You were watching Hard On with a Vengeance. No, no, my my wife and my daughter even sat there and watched it with me. So addicted to porn. And I was going to tell you that we should do uh, an episode that's not about any specific movie, but do it about movies that copy the Die Hard thing, and like, what's the best Die Hard on a movie? You know, because there's so many. You could think of so many, like Skyscraper more recently. Speed. Speed, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm just saying, there's so many, that would be fun. Anyway, let's get back to this. You know, there's some things, I have some facts, and I just wanted to go over them. There's a lot of them. And I wanted to hear your opinions on these and things like that. But the first one I get to is about the idea of this movie. The idea for Back to the Future came to, to the writer, his name is Gail, when he was at his parents' house rummaging around in their basement, he came across his dad's old school yearbook and wondered if they would have been friends had they known each other when they were both 17. Gail mentioned this to Zemeckis, and they turned it into a high-level story with three basic ideas, and here's what they were. Number one, high school kid gets sent, gets sent back in time. Number two, he meets his parents. Number three, his mother falls in love with him. See right there, okay. I don't under yeah, that's the part I don't understand. Where does this come from that essentially you want to do a movie and wonder what it'd be like if your mom wanted to fuck you? Yeah, and, and was that a question that came to their minds? I, I don't mom do me if she very knew edible. Me? Would very she edible. do me if she knew me? My thing is is like you could have fleshed that out as an idea as my mother mistakenly falls in love with me while I'm trying to get my parents together, like something like that. Like you could have, I guess maybe, maybe they needed the kernel of the weirdness in order to get to what it became, I guess. Cause this is like, this is a premise for a really twisted fucking porno movie. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't know. Uh, but they flushed that. I just want to say they did end up fleshing that out into the full screenplay. Um, a couple notes. I got some more, um, Oh, you know, Oh shit. Hold up. Would this have improved the plot of Terminator had you had sex with your mom back in time? Like Con- John Connor. John Connor's back? also his dad. How about that? You know, once you get into this time travel mind fuck, you can do I whatever mean, you want. But well, John Connor is his well, own. Let's, let's look at this. Let's look at these movies to handle time differently, right? So on that one, how did Kyle Reese be the father of John Connor? You know what I mean? Because he and it had to fulfill a prophecy to get John Connor there. So that means, like I told you before, there has to be a reality where Kyle Reese just randomly went back and did John Connor's mom. Right. So and then later on, he has to go back and do it again. I know. So I'm just saying it blows your mind. And I'm guessing in this, it's the same thing. You know, they they kind of follow some of the similar rules, but you don't really see, you know, the butterfly effects of John Connor and Kyle Reese's world as much as you do here. Like they tend not to dwell on what's in the future. You only see what's happening in the present, like either in the eighties or the 91 when they did number two, right? Like you only see the, the, the present day on those. You don't really get to see how the butterfly effect worked in the future until later movies, which really sucked. So kind of, this one lets you see, lets you in on the 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 the, ch- the little changes that can happen, right? Mm-hmm. Little changes. Anyways, I got a couple things. Um, Marty's surname. It originally was not McFly. What do you think it was? I- I'll give you a guess. I mean, you can give me a guess since I'm staring at it, McDermott. Oh, uh, what? A- Are you in the notes? Yeah, he's in the notes. 
the he, fuck do you think? People, he's never in the notes, so it's I'm always weird. in the notes when we do the show. Oh. Okay, another thing, the famous uh, Clock Tower climax to the movie wasn't part of the script. So there you go. Instead, Marty and Doc would visit a nuclear test site in Nevada, and a nuclear explosion would send the DeLorean back to the future. This was changed because the whole sequence would have proved too expensive. So, and I don't think it's on here. Yeah, another thing is that the the time machine originally wasn't a DeLorean. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. It was a um, a refrigerator. Yes, I did hear that before. Yeah, that's weird. That's that's uh, so I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I think I, they made a good change to that. Yeah, here's another thing. Um, the final scene. You know, everybody knows this movie because I think this was really the first movie that people watched and the the final scene with the promise of a sequel was ridiculous, right? Um we didn't we didn't we didn't expect that. It was like, "Oh my gosh," right? Uh the final scene originally didn't play out how it does in the film though. With Do- it plays out with Doc turning back up at Marty's house and taking him and Jennifer on another adventure. It originally ended with George looking at a 1955 newspaper with a picture of Marty playing Johnny Be Good on stage and saying, "It can't be, but it is." So like the dad looking at the paper and going, oh my gosh, that's my boy in 1955. So, which is like, I mean, we've always wondered that. Like, let's get real. Well, no, it's that's the thing. Like, he went back in time, you met him. So then this timeline continues, and you don't realize once he gets to this age that he looks exactly like that fucking kid. I know. My thing with that has always been as soon as something happens, right? The future people, like the future father and mother, the memories of what happened then instantly flood into that person, I presume. Like, they all of a sudden start remembering things they didn't weren't there before. It, that, that butterfly effect thing, right? And how things can happen. And so my thoughts are they have to remember seeing this guy that looks just like their son named Marty, that's named Marty, that plays guitar just like their You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. It's well, we'll get into that here in a second. In first drafts, Doc Brown had a pet chimp called Shimp. <laughs> I love this. This is one of, of my course. favorite stories from this. This was changed to a pet dog called Einstein at the request of the head of Universal, Sid Scheinberg. Scheinberg told Zemeckis and Gale, no film with a chimp ever made money. And this is one of my favorites. <laughs> when Gale responded by saying, what about every which way but loose? Scheinberg said, that's an orangutan. There you go. Get out of my <laughs> office. That movie. So if, if you want to hear us talk about every which way but loose, love that movie. It's a classic. Go back and listen to our discussion. Those are your that. thoughts, not mine. Uh, Anthony enjoyed it. I mean, everyone's heard the term "right turn," Clyde. Right. I. I won't say I enjoyed it. Which I it. think actually doesn't happen until the second one, though. Strangely, "right turn," Clyde doesn't happen in the first one. Right? Am I right? I don't fucking remember. Oh, my God. Oh, I guess I should have used that movie quote. You should have. What movie's that from? And then you would have said the wrong one because you don't know. Fuck you. Okay, yeah, so... I mean that. Thank you. I appreciate it. I I, it, I will lube for you. Um, I now, what I want to say is uh, there's some things that we want to talk about. Like I said, I want to talk about our first impression. So I think this is one of those ones where... You probably had a first impression when. You, when did you see it? You know what? I, it's the thing. Like I don't remember when I first saw. It. I almost feel like 
like I remember um I remember watching this with my cousins. It's one of those movies. Yeah. Because um that where when I uh as a kid, the house I grew up at, we had a park right across the street from us and my cousins lived directly on the other side of the park, like straight across from us. So, you know. Yeah. It wasn't like I mean the width of the park was not that so it's just like, you know, basically be yeah. like less than a block to walk across it. Cool. Um, so I remember, so like my cousins, it was like, um, the two boys, they were both older than me. So like, you know, when I got to tag along and hang out with them and stuff. Um, so I remember watching it. I feel like, you know, seeing it with my cousins because my cousins were the ones that like, they had, they had gotten a forehead VCR. Oh, bam. Laser disc player. Mind blown. Holy shit. Like all the high tech shit. The shit. They had all the shit. But yeah, so they were big into movies. So I remember that's one of the ones watching, you know, with them. And I've seen it obviously like at home with my friends and stuff. It is one of those movies you you remember watching like with a lot of different friends. Yeah. I feel like, you know, you remember watching that movie a lot. Yeah, I I think um for me it was I remember seeing it on I I didn't see it in a theater, but I know I saw it on HBO when it premiered there. And I remember sitting there because everybody was watching it in the house and it was just pretty big. And I think what's amazing about this movie is at the time it had amazing expectations, what people thought. It was kind of secretive, the whole project. And then when they come out with the whole time travel thing and the DeLorean, we were all like mesmerized by what it could be. And I think this is one of those movies that lives up to the expectations. Yeah. Very rarely does a movie, there's a few movies that you go into that blow you away and go beyond the expectations. I'd say this is one of them. Um, I watched um, Pulp Fiction in the theater. Didn't know what I was getting into, but it blew me away. I, I feel like there's so, most movies are going to either disappoint or come out of nowhere and blow your fucking doors off. So yeah. this is very rare in the sense that it does live up to the hype. You're right, because not many movies with that type of hype placed on it are ever going to actually live up to that. Because it's always going to be like, it was good, but kind of thing. I'd say, you know, think about that. Like another movie I was going to say is The Matrix is another one that blows you away. You go in a theater and you come out, boom, mind is blown. Yeah. You're like, right. So, but I was going to say the, with this is interesting is that you remember like Star Wars and how many people like most Star Wars movies do not live up to the expectations. They are not as good as what you want them to be, what you would expect them to be. Um, they fall well short. It just There's doesn't only like, matter because that train it, is already rolling after the yeah, first one. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's there's a couple that are really good. And there's to me, there's only like the, the first of the new trilogy was lived up to expectations. And I think the one that went beyond my expectations was Rogue One. Beyond that, you know, and I'm not I'm not going to go back to the 70s ones because I was too young, but I'm talking about like more recently like that to me. When you think about movies that just blow you away and they have this hype and at the same time that lives up to it, it's very rare. Mm-hmm. There's not very I don't know. There's not many movies that I I, I, uh, I can think of that I've said, man, I got to go see that because of the hype. And I went and watched it and go, man, that was great. I mean, F9, mm-hmm. I guess. Oh, God, shut up. <laughs> I hate you. In ways that, that I don't even have words for yet. Um, you know, I think another thing about this movie, though, that does make it so great. it happened, Maverick. Pardon me. Maverick. I was already going to say Maverick, that I think that is like one of the yeah, few yeah. that actually lived up to the expectations and we hadn't seen that in forever. 
Yeah, and it's yeah. funny too because Avatar even those expectations are astronomical based on what they spent to make the fucking movie. So it isn't, it's got to be one of the highest grossing films ever just fucking break even. So that doesn't I'm not, count. I'm not me. a fan of Avatar. I um, think they're garbage. Good for you. Uh, I liked Avatar. I don't psychotically love it, but I liked it. Um, I think it'd be a good video game, not a good movie. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, ride, the Disney ride was cool. Yeah, I mean, as I say, video awesome. game, a ride. But as um, a movie, I don't like the concept of jumping in an alien suit and running around yeah. and whatnot. Um, the uh, thing I was going to say, like for Back to the Future, when you, as far as for a time travel movie, yeah, I think it's it came out at a perfect time because I think to do, I think that's the best you're going to get as far as a time travel movie, especially like a time travel uh, comedy, sci-fi comedy yeah. movie, if you will, that is set and takes place in the 80s and comes out in the 80s. Like that's to me, like that makes for the best decade to do a time travel movie. Yeah, it really does. Because when you look at another great fucking time travel movie, hot tub time machine, what makes it great is because they Brilliant. go back to the fucking 80s. You Butterfly know? effect on that one's amazing. Butterfly effect is amazing. Yes. But in a different vein than these. Yeah. When you Butterfly see the second one, very fucking serious. And, you've seen the second one, right? Yes. And you learn about all the different strings of time and how many yeah. versions of yourself. And it's that like, are, fuck too much. It takes you on a, a mind trip that just doesn't yeah. have to have to happen. But no, I, I agree. I think you can't, you're, you're never going to replicate that and you can't do that. Cause like now, I mean, you could still do a time travel movie and set it in the eighties, but it's like at that time, like, I don't think that's never going to be able to happen again. Here's my thoughts on that. And I was going to say this movie by itself is probably it, it isn't dated by itself. This movie, it starts in 85 looks 85 goes back to 55 and comes back everything about this movie, which that's what makes this particular back to the future timeless. Mm Mm-hmm. Then now, once we get into the next ones, the second one, anyways, they get it gets put on an egg timer because they went into the future and and things weren't the way they were. I always hate really? that. See, I don't think it does though because you got Miami had a baseball team. Well, I know <laughs> we're not going to get into all that. How many things that got no, right or wrong? Gonna, no, the best, the best though, in part two, which I know we're skipping ahead, even though we're going to do that movie. Yeah, we are. Wild Gunman, the scene. You have to use your hands. Yeah. It's like a kid's game. Yeah. The, the, uh, but my thing is, is that when you, when you look at this movie by itself, I think is timeless in a way that the other ones couldn't be, you know, that's just how it is. Uh, I think the third one is more timeless than the second one because it goes way back and it comes back to 1985. Right. So yeah, there's that. There's that. So yeah, I, I, I think, well, time travel movies, and I think you're right, it's the perfect time because up to that time, we had the time machine, which wasn't a great movie. It was okay. You had uh, Terminator. You had, what is it? The um, What's the one with uh, time, uh, Ice Pirates? What, what's the one where they went in the time travel with uh, Sean Connery? There's that one. Um, you know, so the time travel just wasn't a Lynn Swan. The, the motorcycle one, mm-hmm. or not Lin Swan, uh, what's his name? Uh, Time Cop. Time Rider, the movie Time Rider. Time Cop came after this movie. So yes, I know. I'm talking about before this before. movie, your your time travel movies were kind of eh, you know? 
They they weren't executed well. They they lacked imagination. They didn't they didn't suck you in and, and, and into it like like this does. It didn't make you feel like you could be in that world. Like it could happen to you, right? Like I think other uh, ones don't do that. What it's always much more feasible to have a time travel movie that you don't go into the future. That you it's go, much easier. You're in the present and you're in the past because it's a lot easier to replicate what was going on and to write that story. Because you know, once you go in the future, it's hit or miss. Have you have you seen the movie um, Interstellar? A long time ago, with Matthew McConaughey. It's 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 oh, brilliant. No, I was fucking thinking Interspace when you said that. <laughs> no, Interspace is not a time travel movie. Yes, Interstellar. Sorry, yes, I saw that. But Interstellar, you know, they kind of mess with time when they go into the black hole, and he's able and. And they say the sixth or the fifth dimension or whatever it's called is all time happening at once, but it's only in the one room, his daughter's room or something like that. So he yeah. could see all time. He didn't travel in time, but he could see time and it could only go backwards, I think, is what the whole thing was. And he could only manipulate in the past. So, you know, like when you look at those rules, that those were based on theoretically what they think could really happen in that movie. So I wonder if just, you know, in our subconscious, we're like, oh, well, it makes more sense that you could go back than you could go forward because it's easier to go to something that's already happened and has already existed. Happened. Yeah. 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 Than it is to to go to something that isn't there because you're in because when really when you think about it, you're 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 just going to a place into the future. It's made up. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So it's I mean, kind something of like, like this, it's like you've got the fun of the 80s. What's going on? But then you've got for other people nostalgia of the fifties. I that's the part you got to remember the eighties. That was because remember we just had American graffiti. We just had Greece. You know, you the 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 fifties nostalgia was hard because those people were the ones raising us. You know, mm-hmm. those people that lived in, or our grandparents, anyways. The, those people lived in the fifties and had a good time. And I think that's what it was. It captured both groups. It captured yeah, us absolutely. and our grandparents and parents because they lived those decades. And I think that was the big thing. It sucked them in. And I, I like that. I do like that. That's, that's an amazing, it's amazing thing. I, uh, now I want to go into, um, the time travel rules. Do what do you think the time travel rules are back to the future? It seems that don't look at your parents. Yeah. Don't talk (laughs) to your parents. (laughs) Well, I mean, with, with doc, it's don't mess with anything. Talk to anyone. Touch anything. could change the future. This, I think here's, here's what I think. Um, doc Brown's time travel rules are the same as Cameron's dad's house rules. (laughs) It's very cold and very beautiful and you're not allowed to touch anything. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's so true. Um, I agree. It's <laughs> just not a lot to touch anything, man. But the, the the thing I have is the when he does meet his mother and they finally talk about it, he, the brother's head starts erasing and erasing from existence. So what I love about the movie is that it tells us how the rules are, right? It says this is what's going to happen unless these things change. And it puts us on the ticking time clock to where he's going to start erasing at some point. Now, I don't know why they race one at a time and not all at the same time. Not here to judge that, but. <laughs> oh, wait, no. I, th- if you think about it this way, he was the oldest. So he was oh, yeah. so the, the opportunity was the for the youngest. Go, that opportunity. Yes. 
I get that. I just thought of that before you said it, but 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 the th- the problem is is that's not how time would work, right? Because if they're not together, it doesn't matter which one of you is oldest or youngest. If they're not together, none of you. I think it's more if you look at if you think about potential the reality. Yes, the the chance is slipping away. Is it still possible that it could happen later in a different way? Sure. If George decides to go bird watching again, maybe. Now I have a tweak on that. On that, that I would like to. So, would you think it would have been better if the way it was done is that Marty, because he is outside of time now everyone else wouldn't be alive but marty would be a man outside of time and not have a place to go back to if he didn't fix the relationship see that then you're getting all interstellar on me again <laughs> you you know what you're right they made it simple the the regular yeah. masses could understand it you didn't have to 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 watch theoretical physics shows or anything yeah, when like you that get into that shit you're you're limiting your audience a little bit you but I think now you could do that. Then you couldn't because you got to remember the amount of knowledge that's available to you now that you didn't have then, and and the level that k- people think at because they watch so much shit is different, right? So I think back then, much simpler thinkers, we weren't like thinking about, we weren't contemplating that, and we weren't watching eight thousand streaming shows about right. different types of scenarios that could maybe broaden our horizon. We were basically cavemen in the eighties. Cavemen, but I, yeah, in some ways. Yeah. It's like we land on the moon. And that's about all we've done so far. We haven't even landed on the moon since, since 1960, so I don't even want to go there. I'm saying in the or 80s, 70s. that's what we can hang our hat on. And it's like aliens have probably visited us 5 billion times since then. Yeah. So you, so the, the rules of time travel, you're okay with them in this movie? Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. All right. You could now, separate. here's... Yeah, yeah. I want to actually. I want to go into a six pack because we're not following the movie very literally. But at the beginning of the movie, one of my favorite things that becomes a gag in the movie is when Doc Brown has Marty come out to the mall, and I like how the mall is named Twin Pines Mall. Yeah, and then at the end, it's named Lone Pine Mall. Yep. That's that's a really uh that's a good gag, you know, and that's something that I didn't see the first time I watched it. That's how good, you know, a good, a good movie does that to you. I don't think that's anything a lot of people saw noticed the first time they watched it. Yeah. Yeah, I would More agree. Pines! Take that you mutate son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, but you know right after that or when he that I told you uh strangely the there is one time that beer is shown in this movie, a beer truck. Did you look? Did you watch it again yeah, to see it? Yeah. When he the comes around truck. the corner, when he first gets to the downtown Hill Valley, and it's right there behind him next to the Texaco. So I thought that was interesting. I wondered if they paid for that placement back in the day to Maybe. have that there. Uh, I I didn't realize that for years because I didn't care. You know, I think that's the thing about movies. You know. I guess there are people who would notice that who probably go a little too deep on it. Like some people are probably so obsessed with this. They've looked at every uh, oh, I'm frame. Sure they are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they look at everything in every frame and try to dissect it. And, and, and we're not that type of people, but when we do watch them, if we notice things we didn't see before, we're going to point it out. Yeah, right. That's just how it is. So yeah, I never really noticed the Miller light truck there. Before. Um, <laughs> you know what? Or Miller truck. I'm just going to rip through my six packs here since we're doing this one a little bit differently. Yeah, go ahead. Just Cause I've got, because this one actually, to me, 
what I, I do like about this movie too is it's really easy to pick out your six packs because you remember this movie, you've seen it so many times and you know what your oh, favorite yeah. things are. So number one for me is the DeLorean. Okay, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, to this day, okay, when you see uh, celebrities, athletes driving around fucking Lambos and Mybox and all shit, I don't know how anybody rich as shit wouldn't just be cruising around a fucking DeLorean all day, all night. That's I would be. The car you should want. And there is no substitute. Um, Custom make it. Have someone put a different engine in it. All that stuff. Yeah, I'd do that in a second. Uh, my other six pack is the Huey Lewis cameo. I fucking still love that. You're too loud. You're just too darn loud. Um, <laughs> Playing his and then, music. And then my other thing is Marty and his skateboard. Yeah. All the skateboard tricks. Like, I mean, that made you want to go out and accidentally kill yourself. Hanging Do on the cars and doing all this shit. And then when he does the kick and flips it up and catches it, it's just awesome. Do you know kid. who actually did all the skateboarding tricks in the movie? Crispin Glover? No. Danny Glover? Tony Hawk. Did he? I didn't yes. know that. That's Tony awesome. Hawk was the That is awesome. I did not know that. Yeah, something you didn't know, right? Am I good or what? There you go. No. But but... Tony Hawk, He's he was, uh, he was the stunt skateboarder guy. Who did all the stuff where you held onto the truck and you know all that stuff? So that's interesting. He's had an interesting career, hasn't he? Uh, um, yeah. When you think, well, you know, and that's the other thing. When you look at this franchise, I know that's in the you know there are people in here who are a part of that, and I think Flea is another one, and or basically the Red Hot Chili Peppers are in here. So eventually, so there you go. Just interesting careers that people had. Now I'm going to give you my second six pack since you okay. did that. And me, it's Christopher Lloyd. Because when I watched this again the last couple of days, I watched it a couple of times. I think he carries the movie in a lot in a lot of ways. Michael J. Fox is good, but boy, when Christopher Lloyd is on the scene, everything he does is important to how we get to where we need to go, and he does it well. See, I, I love his character. I only half agree with that. I think the combination of... Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd are what carried the movie, that duo. Um, because, which number, I, I didn't, don't know if you're going to mention this, but I think most people know that originally Michael J. Fox was not going to be in this movie. I wasn't going to, but we can, Eric Stoltz. And Eric Stoltz, they first started shooting the movie with Eric Stoltz and it just was not fucking working. And Michael can J. I tell Fox you why? was doing family why? ties. Can I, tell you, can I tell you why? I learned this. I learned this. I was reading it and I was going to go into this fact, but I didn't do it, But but I can now. Eric Stoltz, when they were talking to him and they're trying to get him to be funnier on it, he said, he said to him, why would I do that? This is the most depressing situation a teenage <laughs> boy could be in. He's lost his family. He's out. He's in a different time. And it, everybody's going to die. It's, you know, he says it's depressing. So that's why when he did when he was doing it, he was doing it more from a, a, a place of desperation and wasn't fitting with the, the lightheartedness they were going with because he was too heavy with it because he saw it as a different character. And, and you know, there are people that thought he saw it correctly. Like, if this really happened, he, this he, isn't some flippant thing that, he did you know, the, oh. What would you do in that situation if that happened to you? And yeah. Michael J. Fox listened to the fucking director. So. And Eric Stoltz was like method with it, was like, this right. is doomsday, man. I'm about to fucking die. This and is it, like, this is why Shia LaBeouf would not work in Back to the Future. So we've gone to fucking method. What would you want to see Eric Stoltz though version of this? Because they did film a I'll lot tell of you scenes. Right now, 
Shia LaBeouf would have killed Einstein and ate him to stay alive. That would have been his thought. This is what I need to do to stay alive. I got to kill the dog. Yeah. <laughs> I got to cook him on top of the fucking flux capacitor and eat him. <laughs> I think I think they should release the Eric Stoltz cut. That's all I'm saying. But no, Christopher Lloyd, well, they, that was they my... They showed scenes. I mean, they didn't shoot that much of it with him. For this they story. did more than you know. That's all I'm going to say. I looked mm-hmm. it up. But they did more than you know. They just never put it together cohesively because they... Because you got to understand, what people don't understand about movies is they don't shoot them linear. They shoot them oh, out of sequence. Yes, I know this. So you might be doing the ending the first week you're on set. Then shave so, your head and then finish it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... So... I just wanted to finish. Like, I think it is more the duo of Marty and Doc Brown because, I mean, like when you really think about it, it's like when you go back to some of the best like character duos throughout film history. Yeah, you know what I mean. What are some of the top ones that come to mind, and how many would you put uh, over them? Uh, I mean, Butch like, and Sundance. Like, they're like right up there. I put Butch and Sundance over them. Okay. That's- I'm saying, I mean, yes, I know you wouldn't Clint Eastwood in the fucking orangutan. No, I no, get no, it. No, 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 no. Butch, Butch Cassidy and his Kid is a brilliant movie with Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. Suggest everyone watches that. If you're going to watch one Western in your life, that or Tombstone. Um, this is like Maverick and Goose, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Duos, Mel Gibson and uh, Danny Glover. And, right, there you uh, go. Uh, Lethal Weapon. The Well, the buddy oh, cop Gilbert genre. And Lewis. What? Gilbert and Lewis. Yeah, who's what? Gilbert and Lewis on what? Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna do Revenge of the Nerds eventually, and we there's too much rape in that movie and stuff. Um, now that we look back at it, back then we laughed, we loved it. Uh, (laughs) well, it didn't take her long to come around either after that. No, just we'll get to you know, there's so many things, but but no, the the duos, the, the great duos, um, Han and Chewie. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is up there. You know what I mean? I would say, uh, you know, actually, this one is a pretty good one. It, it, because, you know, as we all know, the the show Rick and Morty is loosely based on mm-hmm. on that. So so it, it lives on. It's it's imprint on pop culture lives lives on pretty well. Um, I think everyone, it, people who've never seen Back to the Future know who Doc Brown is. and And I think people will be watching this movie 30 years from now still and being mesmerized by it in some way. Even, even with its, Oh, they cause, would. Cause as with soon its, as you're like, who the hell would what? wear a jean jacket with a life preserver? Yeah. Who came up with that look. And yet Actually, it was he a, wanted it just, to wear it. <laughs> but, but you know, the, the people will be watching this even with its special effects, not being quite up because it doesn't have enough of them that it ruins it. That's the key. Oh. I was gonna, you're right. I think the other thing with this too, though, um, as opposed to a lot of the other duos you named, it's weird because you like normally you don't think of a teenage kid, his best friend being a scientist twice his age. No, but you know, the dynamic is strange, but it works. And, and, you know, there's the story that we never got, really. Um, the backstory of how did he end up coming around because he's not a great student. It seems like it doesn't seem like he's not bad, but it doesn't seem like it's his number one. He cares about music. He's like, yeah, he's another thing. So makes me wonder how, and then how does he meet a girl that looks as hot as what's her name? And it still, it has his only friend that he hangs out with. It seems is doc Brown. I don't know. I don't know. 
what kind of date is that? Hey, we're going to double date with the doc. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I want to get my final six pack because we've already kind of went over this. And my final six pack was the simple explanation of how time travel works in this movie. Like from how, like I told you, the butterfly effect works to to as simple as how Doc Brown shows push this date here, push this date here, boom. We know the mechanics of this movie so well that we're able to just live in the movie and not have to think too much about it. And I think that is the beauty of Back to the Future. I think that is the number one thing. If you could, like we were talking about, something well, digestible for the masses, this was it, but and we were able to. I know it's it's just saying the flux capacitor is what makes time travel possible. But then we don't have to get into exactly wow. how. Who gives a shit? It's you got to put 1.22 gigawatts so. in it. America, <laughs> we said so. That's it. That's all. That's all. And, and you got it just needs power. That's all. I mean, Doc Brown, all of his other inventions. I mean, he's he's basically like the dad in Gremlins. All of his a other better inventions. version, though. A better version. All of his other, no, I'm shit. saying all of his other inventions suck, basically. Oh, that Rube Goldberg machine at the beginning is kind of cool that feeds the dog. Right. If the dog is home. If the dog is home and eats. Yes. If not, this is what you get. Turn that shit off. <laughs> But, but yeah, and he had a lot of clocks. And do you think he, well, do you think he was obsessed with time prior to the flux capacitor? Or do because you think he was thing? hanging a clock? He was hanging a clock when, when he fell and hit his he head. Fell and hit his head. So it makes you wonder was that already an obsession or was that, or did that trigger an obsession? And that's why he had all the clocks in his workshop. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I don't understand. I wish, that's why I said there's no backstory well, to how these people got to where they're I th- at. It might have triggered it. Cause he was hanging a clock and that's, you know, bam, hit your head and flux capacitor. So at that point that was like his focus after that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, to have a brilliant idea like that would be amazing for the next 30 years. I mean, <laughs> come knock me the shit out of me, Anthony. I want to see if I can think of something awesome. Okay. <laughs> and then I'll hit you. We'll see no. if you can think of something. Nah, yeah. You want to great. You need some great fucking ideas too. Come on. <laughs> I keep trying to find a new co-host, but nobody's volunteered yet. I do no. have great ideas. No. Well, okay. Well, it's not my you... fault. I'm stuck yeah, here with you. Whatever. So, so this movie's pretty awesome. There's not a lot of low points in it, but there are a couple. For me, I have one. I don't know if your generic's going to be the same as mine. Go ahead. I have one generic, and really, and I hate to say it, it's Biff. And I don't mean the character as much as it's the acting. I thought it was very... If When you get the honest performances you do by everyone else in this movie, when Biff speaks, it does not feel as natural as everyone else. It feels really put on. It feels kind of fake. You know, it just never felt as natural to me, ever. Like, it always felt like there was something a little off. Yeah. What about you? See, I kind of feel like that's what he was going for, though. Well, I, I, I get that. I, I mean, you think about it, like, be a douchebag in the 50s. Okay. Like, how? where do you get the inspiration for that? Like, you know what I mean? You could be, like, you could go more for greaser. You know, a different, a different mode. You don't have to be, like, so, like, because he sounds dumb. And, and. And we're going to do the other ones. And and I think when you see the second one, 
I think you get a different idea of Biff than you do in the first one. You know what I mean? Like, how does a guy come from what he is in the first one to where he is as an old man when you look see him there? A little more wise, you know? Yeah. Um, he just seems too dumb and too oafish. I, I, that's just my opinion. I feel there's a balance there. It's slightly off. And then I'm not... Now, people, this is nitpicking because it's not like I don't like character in general. It's not like I watch it go, oh, fuck this character. I hate right. this movie. I got to turn it off. I love this. Yeah, but but the it's just if you were to say, man, what could would you make better? I would somehow figure out a way to balance that how his how he is. I, I don't with, think with see, Biff, naturalness. Biff is like O'Doyle to me. Yeah, but O'Doyle's good when you see them in that one moment for a second, putting somebody in a trash can and then going O'Doyle rules and walking off. He says a lot more lines than that, and right. that's what I'm trying to say. It, it becomes a little less natural. If you go all O'Doyle rules all day long, there has to be a balance. And I just feel that that there's something missing there. That's all. I don't know. I think he's just, well, it's now he's just a dumb bully. I agree that he's a dumb bully. And that's all I you get out of it. a little it. different. I, don't know. I think that's fine because that you don't really see. I think um, if, if you get too much into that character, it could change the dynamic he has with other people. It also could change how you feel about him getting his truck or his car filled with shit. I have one for you. The guy who plays Shooter McGavin. Yeah. He plays a bully asshole naturally so well that I believe that's who he is and it doesn't feel out of place. That's the kind of thing I would like. If he played this character, probably would have been very natural. Probably would have been very natural. That's what I'm saying. I, I think there's something yeah. there that that there is a way to make that work. I just, you know, and I'm not saying it's like I said. I I still love the movie, love the guy. It just yeah, it's just a little. You off. think it's, somebody it, else could have done better? I think there could have been a better performance. Okay. There. There um, so my generic, it's not like generic, like you know, the scene sucked or anything. Like you shouldn't have had that in the movie, which is usually where our generics come from, typically. Yeah, but I had to find out something like I was thinking about what would I consider to be kind of a generic scene. And I thought of something for this reason for it's when Marty's mom finally kisses him in the car. Yeah, like she forces herself. She yeah. kind of sexually assaults him. Yeah, Go ahead. But <laughs> the reason I'd say this is generic because I thought about it watching it as a kid. It really leaves some fucking conflicting thoughts for young boys watching this because you're like. You know, I was at that age where I was liking girls and stuff. And I'm like, so wait a second. I was supposed to kiss your mom. But what if my mom is Leah Thompson? Leah Thompson is like, yeah. Which actually kind of goes back to their fucking whole impetus for this movie. What would happen if my mom wanted to do me back in time? You know, that's, you could almost say that is the generic, is the Oedipal nature of the movie. Uh, and how that is the thing that that drives the plot for this one, which I don't have a problem with that. But you're right; it, 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 it's it's strange that that whole kiss thing. Um, he was already going to get handsy with her, which felt kind of weird too, yeah. right? Like he was already going to be a little rough and handsy with her, so that George would have Didn't someone. Need to. Yeah, yeah, she was all down. DT, DT, DTF, right? Uh, 
So <laughs> this was a, it was a strange, what would you do? Uh, okay. So when we look at the timelines of back to the future and how that time works in back to the future, it's a little more gross because we know that the, the time is very linear in back to the future. And then what happens right there directly affects what happens later. Right. So it would be really weird to have sex with your mother or do anything strange like that. Now, if Marty did have sex with her, is John Connor born? We don't know. We don't know. (laughs) That's what I say. It's very, very weird. Now, if, if time were, if time were like other theorists say, and it's strings. And so for example, Marty has sex with her and all of a sudden there's a separate timeline where he still exists because he's on his string where they hit, she falls in love with George, but now there's a new string where so let they're me, doing a thing. Let me That's throw this weird. At you. Marty goes back in time, has sex with her, but did not know it was his mother. That, you know, that they, you know, they bandied that about, you know, that was part of the original pitch. No, that's his mom. You know, I'm a hundred thousand percent sure that when Gail and Zemeckis are sitting there and they outlined that third thing, they said that at first was he meet his mother falls in love with him and they have sex unbeknownst to her that he's the son. Right. Right. Like, you know, that was the thing. And they said, well, I don't know that Hollywood would go for that. Of course, they didn't see the movie Lolita. With, I don't know uh, if Vivid Entertainment would go for that. That's a little too much. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, so yeah, I, I yeah, really, really bizarre. I, I, I don't know the whole edible nature of it. I just think, um, I get it. I, I think it's a simple understanding for us to go. Oh, I wouldn't want to have sex with my mother. So I can see why he's trying to get George but to fall in love with if her. If my mother was Leah Thompson. What do you do? I agree, but he's wingman and his father to get laid. Think about that. You're we're all we're always forgetting that part too. Really, the whole thing is he's trying to get him laid on the right. enchantment under the sea dance night. That's like, really what I think is happening here. So then that makes it very weird to think about. You only had sex with your wife because your son got you two together to make sweet love. Wow. Now, we I never go, we never would have had sex if it wasn't for our son. Yeah, and I want to think about this. So, it's 1955 when they meet there. And it's 1985 and Marty's about 18 years old. That's 30 years in between. So they didn't have Marty till they were in their 30s. And that was rare for back then to wait to have children. Because they they were pretty tightly put together. I think one was like, one was like, like in his twenties, like early twenty twenty three. I think they were. I I think you know when you think about that back twenty three years from there, it was nineteen sixty two. So yeah, they were like nearly thirty when they probably had their first kid, which you know now is normal. But in, in back then, when you got married, it was like ding 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 spitting out kids, right? So just a different weird. Weird. What are you looking up, man? He's looking something just up. Just doing the math. Let's just say, how old do you think they were? I think Marty was Not 17. Marty. No, let's say. Um, I think the sister was 18 or 19. And I think the brother was like 23, 22. No, 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 no. I ain't talking. Well, oh, so having the first kid. So let's say. I No, I'm saying, how old do you think um, George 
and Lorraine were in high school? 17? 17, yes, correct. So 17, then plus 30 years. And then you said the oldest was 23? Yeah. You think? Yeah. So minus 23, they would have been 24 when they had their first kid. Oh, okay. That's not bad. I thought they were going like, 30. I got to do the math. Yeah, if they were 17, 18, then that makes sense. They just, I guess maybe when I see them, we know that they're way older than that. When you look at them, you're just thinking, man, <laughs> these people that look about 25 got to be like 40 and 20. Yeah, and you know what? This, the oldest son, we don't know how old he was. He could have been older. He could have been 25, 26, because he was also more of the oldest son living at home that shouldn't have been living at home at this point. Yeah, well, we don't know. Yeah, so, but, he, but I think he was. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Well, she was class of eighty four, so she would have been nineteen. I was right. She would have been nineteen, probably eighteen or nineteen in eighty four. Depending on when her birthday 85. was. Yes. Eighty five. Yeah. So yeah, man, the the it just felt weird. I don't know. But anyways, that, yeah, that whole that whole having kids. And you also you gotta think of this too, George McFly was a very slow mover. He wasn't very deliberate. So it might have well, taken him quite a while to get to third base after they started dating. But after he hit, after he punches Biff, you see some confidence in him. When he gets onto the dance floor and does the kiss, we see a different George. And obviously when we get back to the future, we see that different George who's a little more playful, a little different. Um, so I'm guessing he went to college with and still stayed with her and, and I think they had a great relationship. I, I think that in this particular version of the... After Marty fixed it, yeah. After Marty fixed it. Which is very interesting how these movies work. Like, everything is fixed at that point uh, because of Marty. And then when you get into the second movie, it really just tries to fuck all that up, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's when, I mean, and that's with the sequel, it's like... Okay, we did this. We did it great, but what do we do now? Because we've got to screw stuff up. We got to make it better. Find a problem. Yeah. Yo, I'll solve it. That's you know. I was told you I was watching Die Hard with a Vengeance. Remember, I told you I think it's one of the better sequels of all time. Because I think at that time it became Die Hard was more popular than it was after Die Hard Two. I think yeah. after that movie. Um, and I think you know, in a way, Back to the Future is while it's a great one of the greatest trilogies ever, I don't think the sequels are anywhere near no, as good no. as the first one. Well, um, it's you, none of them elevate it again. You you can't. There's no way to improve on that after the the story that you had and what you did yeah. in the first one. And then on top of it, the second one, it's like you really have no choice but to go into the future. Yeah, you, know you, I mean? you can't yeah. do the past again because then it's going to be a rehash and no matter what the issue, it's like You've got to go into the future, and then that's where you run into trouble. I agree. You do run into trouble. You do run into trouble. Um, is there anything else in this Everybody movie? Everybody to this to... day is still bitching. Why don't I have a hoverboard? Uh, yes, everyone does bitch about not having a hoverboard. But physics, my friends, is the reason you don't have a hoverboard. <laughs> it just isn't going to happen. Yeah, but... I, you the know, natural like, laws of science don't like, allow. Where's my hoverboard? I'm like, where's my fucking time machine? Well, technically, I want to say this, those people who do that weird um, water jet board thing on the water, you know, when they go out there, that's kind of like hoverboarding, but that's like on water and it's not, you know, not anywhere near. Hydroboarding. Yeah. Hydroboarding, yes. 
So, you know, a couple things. I want to make sure we, we touch on a few of the more important things in this movie. The uh, the flux capacitor and, and having to get the the lightning to strike. Did you ever think that that was too precarious? Like, how did that... Could you really have timed it that way? How did you no, know? You could have timed... Well, they knew because of the flyer said what time lightning struck. Specifically. But so, even yeah. then, it's like, if you're off by a half a second sliding down that thing... Forget, you know, hitting it although electricity. The- although I was thinking about that, and you notice how I don't know if you know anything about televisions, old ones specifically, the big box ones. Yeah, they had a place in it, a box that you weren't allowed to open or touch because it held ten thousand volts or some crazy shit. Yep. Um, at all times, even when it's unplugged. So I was thinking maybe the way the doc built it, he was able to not forever, but he was able to the power for just a moment so that there could be a little lead time between when it came down. So I always thought that would, could it be explainable. I got a question. Why didn't they, now this actually makes me go back to Ferris Bueller again. Ferris Bueller, yeah. When they had the car lifted up to try to take the miles off, why didn't they just lift up the DeLorean, have it running to be at 88 miles an hour, and just have it already hooked up? Now, I know we had all the things going on with him having to get the thing around the clock tower and all that shit. <laughs> Why didn't you just hook this up earlier, put the DeLorean up on fucking blocks, and just have the the wheels spinning? It's going 88 miles an hour. No. Hits, bam, you're home. I think Doc would say you needed the forward inertia of some sort. Oh, to, I don't know. But you're right. If the car just needed to be going 88 miles an hour, yes. I, I think we found the fly in that ointment. There Why is that not a thing? Yeah. Man, way to spoil a movie. I know. I fucking ruined it. Way to spoil a movie with that. Yeah. Man, you're awful. Now, the diner, I want to say this. Um, Did you notice? Go ahead. Hold on. I'm trying to remember now, too, now that I think about it. Um, didn't that actually, I, I'm trying to remember, in part three, didn't something come up like that with the train? May have. But when what we get to part three, we'll talk that about that. We're going to do that movie and we'll talk about if we find the thing that we're talking about, we'll it we'll might be. We'll come back to it. But you got me off my train of thought, you asshole. Oh, the diner. The yeah. diner. Did you notice at the beginning when he's going by and he's holding on to the truck, the diner, there's a bunch of people doing aerobics in it? Yes. Yeah. I always find that interesting how how they did show the differences between things in the past as the way they were in the present. Like the the theater being a porn theater instead of a, a regular theater. And now it's like you don't have yeah. that because instead of aerobics, everybody's just sitting there on fucking Pelotons. Yeah. Yeah. Just Peloton. Looking at the but, screen. They don't even see Marty going by waving because they're looking at the it's CrossFit. It's a CrossFit yeah. place. That's what it is. It's CrossFit. Shadow boxing. Yeah. So, so just some interesting little things there. I don't know if I'm trying to think of other things we may have missed that were just pretty cool that um, I think that's about it. Uh, Mr. Fusion at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mr. Fusion. Well, yeah, the Mr. Fusion. At the end, like I said, probably the greatest ending to a movie ever with the promise of a sequel. To Because when you have a movie that great and they promise you a sequel, I mean, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, my gosh. You know, sequel never lives up to it. But 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 you you have that hope, right? At that moment when you first saw that, it was like, oh, my God. And then you see him just throwing shit into the Mr. Fusion. You're like, oh, well, that improved that. Good job, good job, Doc. I think that's the other thing too with the the second and the third. You know, yeah. whether you love them as much or not is another thing that it was like actually awesome that they did that they released them so close to each other that you didn't have to fucking wait forever. 
Yeah, I it's well, not uh, the the third one was a little farther out. I don't think so. I feel I like it, it, was. it didn't come out long after the second one, it, it, relative to how long it usually takes a sequel to come out. I guess. I mean, I, I thought it was. I thought it was, now you're making me look it up because I thought it was. It it was in the '90s. Um, Back to the Future Three came out in the '90s. I thought, and it, in 1990. So right, five and years. Part two came out in '89, and the first one came out in 1985. So exactly, that's what I'm those saying. two movies came out tight. But the that's, first one—that's what I'm saying. This between the second and the third one, and I think that's probably what did it. To when you think about it, we're going to go into this in the other ones. But the time it took between '85 and '89, I think we expected more than what we probably got out of it. Our expectations rose, right? Because right. we just saw the greatest fucking thing we've ever seen on screen, and then you know. If we don't see the greatest fucking thing we've ever seen on screen for the second one, we're not as happy. That's just uh, how it is. Six we're months just, apart. Yeah. Between two and three. Yeah, two and three. And they probably should have held those out a little bit, but, they, mm. you know, but whatever. I, you know what? I don't think so because I think, especially after the, the second one, you could have lost some steam because we went and just kept the steam up. I get what you're the saying. The first one. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, but that, we love this movie. We know everything about it. And we're going to go into the other two a lot deeper. We're so deep. We go deep. Was there anything that we missed on this one that I've just... Uh, I mean, I'm sure there was stuff we missed. There's plenty of funny parts and everything. Um, yeah. Just random stuff. Like, I, George, like, I still, in the beginning... What, Lorraine? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a yeah. question. That reaction is asking. Well, no, no. I think he did that on purpose because she asked him about what he was doing, and we <laughs> all know that's what I forgot to mention. That's the fucking weirdness of this family. We've got the edible nature of her falling in love with him, and then we got the weird ass fucking George McFly, who we don't know. This is the only person he did this with. We don't know that peeping, but... tomming, climbing a tree, and peeping into her window to see her in her underwear. I'm gonna pretend it was the only one, and he was just so in love with her only. Mm-hmm. And how did he not know but later on when Marty says, you know, Lorraine, you know, so I'm was gonna, he just randomly looking at her? I'm going to also I'm say, sad. if I was going to pick out another generic, it's like, what are you doing in the middle of the fucking day in a tree that is not a well-hidden tree? It's in, it's on the street, <laughs> climbing up, peeping. And then what's she doing getting naked in the middle of the day? You know what? Some of us. Some of us live a different life. We're not even getting naked. She's got that halter fucking bra thing going on that old school bra. Yeah, yeah. Back then, because they didn't have underwire then. Okay. I don't believe granny bra. That's not granny. They just didn't have underwire, so they have more uh, fabric underneath for granny. Uh, support. That's granny. So, hey, whatever, man. Just, just deal. Just deal. Just deal. So, anyways, that is our thing. Um, so, yeah, that's. I think that's one thing we did miss was that, but. What what and now what you know what time it is you know what time it is time uh memorabilia yeah what you want this, this I don't know this is a tough one it is because um I I you know what though I think I'm gonna go weird on this one okay because there's so many obvious things that you yeah. would want from this you know everybody wants the DeLorean the DeLorean know. the life preserver you know all that shit the Walkman that'd be a good one. But what nobody ever wants mm-hmm. is Doc Brown's mind-reading machine. That's pretty cool. The one that he wears and sticks on Marty's head. 
That's yeah. what I would want. And everybody that comes to my house, I'd want to stick in Don't say anything. Oh, I'm saying you didn't go for the guitar too. Guitar would be cool or the amp, but um, I think the mind reading machine, because it would be so curious and cool looking at, looking in your collection. I actually will say, um, obviously there's, there's plenty of shit from this movie. I'd be happy to own if I'd be like, I could have that. Oh, cool. I'll actually say I'm going to go for this because I think it's very underrated. Marty's alarm clock. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I do like that. I, yeah. Flashback to it at the end too. I was thinking the school, the, the flyer too. The maybe flyer. I was just literally about to say that too. The flyer. But you want to know what the thing is? I told you I think would be a great the flyer. The flyer if it had the phone number and I love you written on it from Jennifer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That okay, works. would be awesome. But but the one thing I always said I, I was talking with my wife earlier uh, before around Halloween. I was I was like, you know, it'd be a great costume if someone was committed to it. Be to dress up like that lady who walks around with the little can and the flyers. I, that's a save the clock tower. That would be great. Be be real committed. I was just going to say, that'd be another great piece of memorabilia, too, is actual collection can. With yeah, the, the can. Exact, yeah, yeah, yeah. The exact change, including the quarter that Marty put in there. Save the, the clock, clock tower. tower. Yeah, yeah. That's. I was say, if someone's committed enough and walked around all night doing that, that would be like... Uh, I think that that's another thing, I think, that speaks to the movie, this movie and the impact it had. Like, literally, the fact that there's so many different pieces of paraphernalia that you would like to own from this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. There's so a lot many. of movies we're struggling to think of one thing that we'd really want. Yeah, this we didn't even like, see the camcorder, which oh would the be cam- cool. the fucking cam. Uh, I'll tell you the camcorder or the plutonium, the fucking empty Miller Light can that Biff takes out of the fridge. Even all you got for me is a light beer. You know Miller Light, though. Um, funny enough, I don't think that was around until 1975. What? Miller Lite. Okay. And don't ask me why I know this. You know, what's funny is that they actually, that style of can they brought back because that's what they use now because it's a better looking can because they used to do the. Yeah. Miller Lite was 1975. So it's weird that, so that is a glaring uh, problem in the movie. Now I'm going to have to change. glaring, Glaring problem. Well, because the movie was set in 1955, and you can't have Miller Lite in 1955 if it wasn't introduced until 1975. Miller Lite, the can, that was in 1985. Oh, 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 1985. And, and showed up I thought you were saying that. He had the car towed, and he got a beer out of it. Oh, yeah, I was thinking of... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. After he wrecked oh. the car, he spilled beer all over his jacket. That's true. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> oh, man, light beer. Light beer from Miller. That's it. That is uh, all of our memorabilia. Um, did you want to rate this thing up or Let's rate it up? All right, go for it. Uh, I'm not even going to get into a big spiel about this because, like, to me, the like, if you can't give this a 24, you don't like movies. What the what the fuck? I mean, like, I'm not even going to purposely try to take points off of this for anything. Like, it's fucking 24. It just okay. is. It just is. Am I gonna like? You know, there's other movies that I would watch ahead of this. Like if I was going to pick out a movie to watch for the night, but at the same time, would I ever say no to watching Back in the to the Future? No. Okay, I got a question for you. I'll right. get my review in a second. Okay, if you were doing a double feature, 
and yeah, Back to the Future. What other movie you want to watch with it? Not one of the, but it can't be one of the other Back to the Future franchises movies. Like, would I want to watch with it? What do you yeah, mean? like if you had to watch back to back, you're going to go watch two movies tonight. One of them was Back to the Future. What would the other one be? You get mean like what would I want to watch pair alongside with that? Yeah, other, paired with other it. than like, the Terminator. Back to back. Yeah. Other than the Terminator. I mean, you can watch that. I guess is that your is that your pairing? My shitty version of time travel. Um, Oh, I'm trying to think now. Let's see. Um, I almost feel like if, if I was doing Back to the Future, I'd almost have to pair it with a John Hughes movie. That Yeah, I could see that. I was thinking, you know, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking Back to the Future and like Ferris Bueller or something like this that. This is like wine pairing. Yeah, and with then I was thinking, well, but if you, let's say you go Michael J. Fox, you could go Back to the Future and like Teen Wolf, you know, that would be a good pairing too. Yeah. So. Teen so Wolf that's, isn't one I want to throw on that often, so... No, um, no, you're right. But the next time you watch Back to the Future, you wouldn't pair it with Teen Wolf. you pair I, it with yeah. something else. If I was going to pair a Michael J. Fox movie with this, I would do Secret of My Success. Good movie, yes. Yes, that's a good movie. So, yeah, yeah like, if, you, if you're... Uh, if you want to get into the Michael J. Fox mood and do, a, like, a double MJF feature, I yeah. think Secret of My Success. Whitfield. Where's Whitfield? Nosebleed, yeah. dry heat, get them all the time. <laughs> Anyways, I got to go to my review. So Anthony's right. This is probably the most perfect movie that was made in the 80s. I don't know of another one that was made this well. Now, there are better artistic movies, like, say, mm-hmm. Raging Bull with uh, Robert De Niro. You know, there was the uh, Born on the Fourth of July. You know, you had those, Platoon. Um, you had some great movies in the 80s that were different types. But when you think... Everybody can get in the car and go watch a movie and have the greatest time they've had at the movies in the 80s. There's only one movie that does that, really, in my opinion. Now, I could I could take away probably a quarter of a point for Biff, for me personally, <laughs> but I'm not going to do it at a risk of being castrated by my co-hosts. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, hold on. As far as Biff's stiffness, I guess, you would kind of... If you didn't have him acting that way, you do not ever get the level of awesomeness when he says "make like a tree and get out of here" that you get from that line. I think I, that, like I said, I think I'm not going to do it. The way he plays that 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 just that leads up to making that fucking perfect. This, but my point is, is the 24 all day long, and there's nothing that could stop that. It will never change. There's nothing that you could show me in this movie later on that would say this is not a perfect movie. Yeah. Um, unless you now, if you start telling me, well, when they did this shot here, they slightly had this thing in frame that shouldn't be there. And if you notice it for this split moment, you know, that's not going to knock points off. I still have a great time. Every time I watch it, I could watch this movie right now and be entertained. Like if it was on, I could watch it and I would, you know, like I I wouldn't go, ah, do I want to sit through it? No, I'd sit through it. I watch the fucking movie. Um, that's our first, first perfect score around the table. Yeah. That's our first. I knew that. What's our but what's our second best movie of all time? Second best of all time. Second highest know. rated movie of all time. What what is just below this? Um, I'm just kind of going through here. Office Space was 22. That's a great fucking movie. Fast Times. I mean, that's 20, a banger from beginning Fast to Times, end. 21 and a half. It's a great movie. Uh, Big, Not as good as this. 21 and a half. That was a 24 for you. Yeah, Big is really good. The only thing I can say, and what you bring it down for, is the uh, the weirdness of that relationship, which is also something we have 
in a isn't that strange in this isn't movie. that strange yeah. maybe i like it I, I don't know we both accept the weirdness in this one is what we're saying mm-hmm. if you go back in time to do an older, older lady as long as you're it's your mom it's okay is basically what we're saying <laughs> If she's not related to you, it's fucking gross and weird. Although Big uh, is not really a time travel movie. It's a... Let's, strange. I, I know. It's not. Uh, Christmas Story 23. Oh, that's that's a great movie. So that's right under it. Um, but that's a Christmas movie. So I kind of put that in a different category. You know that. Like, I can't watch that any time of the year. Stand By Me is a 23, which we both had as 23. That's a great movie. So. It's not quite perfect like this one but it's damn close like that to me is the like stand by me and back to the future those are the two movies that i can look at and say if anything gets as good as that it's a 20 it's that good you know and there's not a lot and then that thing you do is 22 and a half that's because it's that thing you do so i think it's a great movie as well we're at days and confused 22 and a half Great movies. These are great. You know, when you think of great movies, like if you said, Mike, we're going to watch these five movies and it's those five, you know, yeah. I'd be like, oh, okay. This, I think <laughs> this is one, like you said, everybody can agree on because I also think this is one, if somebody doesn't want to watch, it's like, get the fuck out of my house then. What are you doing here? Yeah. I, and, and if you show it to a kid now, they'll love it. Yeah. And that's the key. That's how good this movie is. It is. How good this movie I thought loved it. Yeah. Because it's it's relevant today, even today, how the, the the subject matter. Everybody wants to go back and bang their mom. All right, is right. that it? That's, Are we good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We would like to thank you for listening. We also want to remind you to join our Patreon so you can get some of that bonus content and other fun stuff. Remember, you can go to sodapopcultureclub.com for all things related to the show, including your chance to make movie suggestions, like we said earlier. Episode schedules there. Also, we have Instagram, Twitter, TikToks, things like that, Twitch channels, things in general. Anything else that we want to leave them with as we head off into the sunset? Uh, thank you for listening. And I do want to point out, we do not condone wanting or actually having sex with your own mother. That is affirmative.